0: Hello, welcome to God Day. I'm Derek Walker, the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to encourage you in seeking the Lord. Seek the Lord with all your heart. And uh, I want to talk about the benefits of seeking God, just to encourage and motivate you. Because actually seeking God is the foundation for your whole spiritual life, and indeed your whole life, if you're a believer. It's essential if you are going to find God's will for your life and if you're going to find your destiny in life and we're going to see the benefits of seeking God and why it's so vital to do this with all of our heart God doesn't like half-heartedness I don't know if you've noticed that in the Bible like he talked about the people I'd rather you were hot or cold but lukewarm makes me sick God wants you off the fence he wants you to do do it with all your heart and um, so but it helps to see what the benefits are to help motivate us to do that because there's so many things demanding our attention in the natural world that we live in if we're not careful they will crowd out what's really important and that is seeking God and his spirit in our life his presence in our life so we must make it our first priority to seek God above everything else. And really, the best way to do that is to make sure at the start of each day you spend time with God. Uh, I'm going to take as our basic text today Psalm 105, verses 1 to 4. And uh, he says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. That's prayer. Make known his deeds among the peoples. That's witnessing. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. That, that's praise. You know, the name of God is his character and, and we, we are to glory in his awesome character, his goodness and his power and his faithfulness and his love. And then it says, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. And actually this is one of the benefits here because it, here it says that if you seek the Lord, you will bring your heart into joy. The joy of the Lord will fill your heart because when you seek God, God's presence comes into your heart and in his presence, Psalm 16 says, there is fullness of joy. And then it says, and here's a key verse in verse four. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Beautiful saying. It's also in 1 Chronicles 16:11. And, and here it says there are like two, two sides of the coin of seeking God. First of all, we are told to, to seek God, and it's, it really then he clarifies that as seek his face. And, and he emphasizes that more than anything, seek his face forevermore. And, but there's a second aspect to seeking God, and that is seek his strength. Now, neither of those two things actually is seeking for things, okay? In fact, things, uh, blessings in our life are the byproduct of seeking God, but they are not the main thing. Our eyes should not be on the things, it's great to be blessed with things, don't get me wrong, Uh, manifestations of God's grace, but the most important thing is to be plugged into the source and the things will, will take care of themselves, basically. And so, to seek his strength is actually talking about seeking his hand, seeking his power to fill our soul, okay? And that's the presence of God within us. It isn't talking about an outward manifestation, but it's God's presence within us that will produce the outward manifestations of God. And so, to seek his face, That's the emphasis. It means that we seek face-to-face fellowship with God, intimacy with God, to look God in the face, to love him. And and that's the first thing, to seek God for himself. Don't seek God for things. Don't seek God for your ministry. Don't seek God for, I don't know, um, some financial blessing. Seek God for himself, first of all just to know God better. You see, that's that's what he's saying because otherwise we get into idolatry where the things or our ministry or whatever else is more important to us than our closeness to God, you see. And so we, s- we are to seek God, seek his face and not just to be satisfied to know about him but to know him personally as he is in himself because he is the most exciting being that, that is. and But it is also good to seek his strength, to seek the Spirit of God to fill our soul, to, to seek his power, his wisdom. Again, this is internal. This is not talking about manifestations here, but to seek, yes, to seek his healing power, to seek his wisdom. His wisdom is a, comes as a spirit of wisdom, We seek that and then that will produce results in our life as we obey him. So we want to experience his hand upon us and within us. And and that is his spirit filling our hearts with his love, his joy, his peace, his power, his wisdom. And so that is important too. So it's the two things, seek his face forevermore and seek his hand, praise God. And the more you seek God's face, the more you become open to receive the hand of the Lord to come upon him. A wonderful example of this, a wonderful scripture, is Proverbs 21, verse 1. And it says this, the king's heart, and you, you are a king in Christ. We are kings and priests if you're in Christ. So see yourself in this verse. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. You know the key? for you to reign in life, the key for God's power and authority and blessing to flow through you, uh, to come upon you, is that you need to get your heart in the hand of the Lord. That's the key, because you don't have it in yourself, but the hand of the Lord will anoint you and empower you for for whatever you're called to do in your life. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord, and this is where the translation can mislead us, because it says, like the rivers of water and because it says like the rivers of water we think the king's heart is like rivers of water but that's a mistake because the like is in italics it was fed in there by a translator trying to be helpful but actually it's not there in the original so let's just read it as it is and it's what saying the king's heart is in the hand of the lord rivers of water that's what it says In other words, the hand of the Lord is the rivers of water. The hand of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. And he manifests himself in our hearts as rivers of living water. And you know, there are scriptures that confirm that. So notice what he's saying is this hand of the Lord is like rivers of water. If you put your heart in his hand, that hand will manifest In your heart as rivers of life, and then it says, he turns it. In other words, he, the Holy Spirit, the Lord, who is the Spirit, will turn it, what? Your heart, wherever he pleases. So you put your heart in the hand of the Lord. You seek him and his strength, his spirit of wisdom, his spirit of counsel, his spirit of might however he wants to manifest himself in you. You put your heart in his hand and then his hand comes on you as rivers of water and those rivers will then steer your heart in the way you should go. He will give you the directions you need. He'll give you the inspiration you need. He turns your heart wherever he wishes. Hallelujah. And that's the point, isn't it? We don't want to do our own will. We want God's will. And so, But we've got to put our heart in his hand and then... He can direct us and empower us according to his will. And so the hand of the Lord, of course, is rivers of living water. Jesus said that, didn't he? In John 7, 37, he says, If anyone thirsts, you've got to thirst for the presence of God in your heart. Let him come to me and drink, receive his spirit. He who believes in me, as the, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the Spirit. And so he's talking about the Spirit of God, the hand of the Lord, praise God, as flowing as rivers of living water. And then those rivers will then give you life and empower you in the way you should go. But it all starts with you surrendering. You know, how do you seek God? Well, if you were just seeking um, any person, this wouldn't be so true. But if you are seeking God, who is the source of all authority, the only way you can get close to God is by surrender. And that's what worship is, actually, is surrender in the immediacy of his presence. Your heart surrenders to him. It's called the fear of the Lord. And the more you surrender to him, the more you submit to him in his presence that is worship, then the more his hand comes upon you. And so I want to give an illustration like with, with this glove here. Let this glove represent my soul, your soul. It's a bit like a glove. It has no strength in itself. It's kind of feeble on its own. And, and without a hand in the glove, or you know, if, even if the hand's just a little bit in the glove, Um, the the glove wants to do things by itself, it's useless, you know. And your soul, your heart, without the presence of God in it, is weak. It can't do much. The thoughts it comes up are pretty feeble, to be honest, and pretty crooked as well. It it can't receive from God. It has no power to receive. It can't do anything much. It's weak. And all of our souls are, are like that. And this... Glove was not designed, just like our heart, is not designed to be empty. It's designed to be filled with the hand of the Lord, with the Spirit of God. And so as this glove surrenders to my hand, that's what it has to do. It has to receive the hand in the Spirit. Jesus talked about this in the Beatitudes. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. In other words, you've got to realize, I'm poor. I'm useless without the Spirit of God. I'm poor in spirit. I need to draw upon God's Spirit. And if you're poor in spirit, then you call upon God's Spirit to fill you. And you want him to fill you with his strength. And it also says, blessed is he who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, for he'll be filled. You ask God to fill you and as you do, as you surrender your soul to him, so his hand fills your soul. Now I can receive from God. I'm empowered to receive the promises of God. Now I'm empowered to do the works of God. Now I'm empowered in my life and I'm filled with his spirit. But you can only be filled by surrendering control to him. And as you surrender to him, he will fill your soul. But he'll never violate your free will. He'll never just take over you automatically. But as you surrender to him, he will fill you. And his strength comes into you. And just like these five fingers, five, by the way, is the number of grace. There were five ingredients to the anointing oil. And so his love fills you, his joy fills you, his peace fills you, his wisdom fills you. And his power fills you. And, and that's the key. The life, Jesus said, it's the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no avail. The flesh, that's us on our own, does nothing for God. But the Spirit gives life. Praise God. And so another example of this, it says in Proverbs 21.2, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Oh yes, everyone believes they're right. Don't they? They think so. But it says, the Lord weighs the hearts. Ah, yes. You know, the Lord, if you think of this as your heart, the Lord actually weighs the heart. You see, on its own, it's a flimsy thing. But filled with the presence of God, now it's weighty. You see, the weight of your heart, when God weighs your heart, the weight is actually the presence of God in your heart. Only god's presence is weighty in fact the hebrew word for glory the glory of god is weight it's that which is weighty so the more you receive the presence of god in your heart the more there is that which is of true weight and value in you and so if your heart is just full of empty emptiness and vanities there's no substance to your thoughts and your life, then you're a lightweight in God's sight. But when you surrender your heart to him and let the hand of the Lord fill it, then it has a true weight. It's filled with the glory of God, the love of God, the wisdom of God. And so that's how God judges you, according to the weightiness of your heart. And only his presence can produce that. Ezra 8.22 says, The hand of the Lord is upon all those for good who seek him. That's a benefit, isn't it? If you seek him, his hand comes upon you for good. He's going to work out good things in your life. But his power and wrath are against all who forsake him. So this is the key decision. This is the foundation of your life. Are you going to turn your back on God, forsake him? then it will, it will only get worse. But if you come to God, the hand of the Lord will come on you as you seek him, and he will work good in your life. And so we are to lift up our, our hearts into his presence by praise, thanksgiving and worship. As we draw near to God, he draws near to us and he fills our heart. Praise God. And you know he's doing that when you receive his peace. And then his joy your soul enters into rest. Uh, Hosea ten twelve says break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord praise God till he comes and rains righteousness on you so you you repent of any sin that is he makes clear to you you break up that fallow ground and you prepare your heart to receive the rain of his Holy Spirit and as you come into his presence, he will rain righteousness on you. He will fill your heart with the spirit of righteousness, whereby you will find yourself living rightly as he wants you to live. Of course, the classic verse, <coughs> we always come back to this in Matthew six thirty-three: Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek first God's reign over your life. It's got to be, Lord, your will be done. I want your will be to be done. This is the surrender, you see. You're, you're seeking the kingdom of God. That means submission to the king. And that's the precondition, surrender. Then he will come upon you. The amount that you're willing to surrender control to God is the amount that he can actually fill you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's his Righteous spirit uh, filling your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those things that you're so worried about in your life, all these things shall be added to you. That's not a big problem to God. God can easily get those things to you, uh, but you have to put him first and allow his spirit, his righteousness to flow through you. Then those things will be added to you. Our big mistake that we all make is that we focus on the things first, and we they're the most important thing, and, and that's called idolatry, where we, instead of focusing on the creator, focus on the creation. We find our main value in those things, and, and often people are bragging about the things, you know, that God has done through them and so on, but the main focus, if we're not careful, is on the things. They are so secondary. We mustn't get into pride or into greediness. You see, that's the name, That's the danger. That's what cuts us off from God's presence. Keep seeking first the kingdom of God and all those things will, will flow uh, uh, out of that. Praise God. And, and then he says in verse 34, therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. So the context of this is, when we're worried about the things of life, What's happening there is those things become the most important thing to us. We are preoccupied with the things of life, not having enough or trying to get more of them or whatever, and that becomes our focus and our eyes are off God. So Jesus says, "Don't." the answer to that worry is really to repent. Don't do that, he says. Instead, what you need to do is get your eyes on the Lord and, and elsewhere it says, 1 Peter 5 7 cast your cares on the Lord for he cares for you so in other words you're if you are worrying about things you are in pride and idolatry you're trying to handle your life yourself that's the pride and the idolatry is those things have become more important to you than God and so you need to repent and the Bible says you cast the things on the Lord you cast your situation on the Lord for he cares for you you've got to trust him that he is interested in your life that if you put it into his hands he will work it out for you what you're really doing is you're surrendering leadership to god you're casting the care on it to you on him and you're saying god i put this situation in your hands i'm not going to be the leader anymore you're going to be the leader and i'll i'll do nothing if you tell me to do nothing but if you give me an instruction how I should handle this then I'll obey you but you're putting yourself under God's authority and then you will come into peace because you're not carrying the weight of that leadership in that situation and then you can relax because God's in charge and so that's how he wants us to live seek first the kingdom of God put him put ourselves under his authority and Trust him for the righteousness. Trust him that he will give us the instructions as to how to handle that situation. And just then relax. And how do I know if I've actually done that? Well, Philippians 4, 6 and 7 tells us how we can know. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Give it to God. Present the issue to God, you see. Seek God and seek his answer to the situation. And, and then it says, when you've really done that, and one key that you've done it, he says, pray about it with thanksgiving. See, that, when that thanksgiving comes out of your mouth, that's a sign that you've really given it to God. You see, you've prayed about it, and then you start thanking, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's in your hands now. You're gonna work this out. You're gonna work this situation for my good. Hallelujah, you're going to give me the wisdom. And once you start thanking God, that's the voice of faith. That's a sign that you have really have given it to God. Because sometimes we give it to God and then we take it right back. So make sure you get through into thanksgiving. And then he says, and the peace of God. This is the sign that you're submitted to God is that now that the peace of God comes into your heart. That's the spirit of God. When you've submitted your heart to God, the Spirit of God comes in and and he gives you peace. Notice, the peace of God. It's God's own peace that comes from his presence, which surpasses all understanding. In other words, this peace doesn't come from your own mind. It doesn't come from you sorting your thoughts out. No, it surpasses understanding. In other words, it comes from a deeper realm than your soul. your understanding it comes from the spirit so when you surrender what happens is the peace of god flows up from your spirit in the holy spirit and now your soul enters into peace that's how you know you're submitted to god If you're worrying and anxious, you are in pride. You're not submitted to God. You have to give it to God and let his peace fill you. And then it says that peace will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That peace will fill your heart and protect you from fear and worry. And you're kind of thinking, I ought to be worried about this, but I'm not. (laughs) Because the peace of God is is protecting you. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You see, you have to surrender to God, you've got to let the peace of God rule in your hearts, then it, the implication here is it will then act as an umpire. The peace of God will tell you what is God's will and what's not. If you're about to do something that's not God's will, you just won't have that peace. But if it is God's will, you're just the peace of God will flow it. The, that peace in your heart, God will guide you through that peace. Another benefit of seeking God is love. Romans 5.5 5 says that God has shed abroad or poured out into our hearts uh, his love by the Holy Spirit whom he's given to us. So God, when we open our heart to God and seek God, he will start pouring his love into our hearts. Love for God, love for people. Praise God. Joy as well. It says um, in Psalm 40.16, let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence is fullness of joy forevermore. So we get into the presence of God and God's presence will fill us and then we will start experiencing joy. Another classic verse is in Isaiah, he talks about um, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. So you get a renewal of strength when you wait on the Lord, when you seek God. And then it says, they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary, and they'll walk and not faint. And what happens is that as the Spirit of God fills your wings, as it were, your wings of faith, you rise up higher and higher. And what that also talks about is that you're able to see situations from God's perspective, from above, from the high place, you see. And that's that means God gives you wisdom. You, you, you are elevated in your thoughts and you are able to see from above and with eagle eyes, as it were. And then you, you see the bigger picture and you see what to do. And so waiting on the Lord gives you strength, gives you understanding, gives you wisdom. It also gives you life. Amos 5.4, thus says the Lord, seek me and live. Praise God. And Psalm 69, 32, we'll finish with this one. The humble will see this and be glad. And you who seek God, your hearts will live. So seek God today with all your heart. And it will be not just a good day, it will be a God day. Because you will experience the hand of the Lord filling your heart with his life and his love and his peace and his joy. God bless you. Amen.